0: Picture yourself in the nosebleed seats at the football stadium at the University of Arizona. While you're peering down at the field or over at the jumbotron to catch the plays, something totally unexpected is taking form beneath your feet.
1: A furnace is whirring to life, a giant furnace tucked beneath the east stands of the stadium. And inside this furnace is glass, Tens of thousands of pounds of glass melting and spinning into the world's most gigantic mirror.
0: I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're taking a trip to the Richard F. Karras Mirror Lab at the University of Arizona. It's where scientists are building gigantic mirrors that will show us the sharpest pictures of the cosmos that nature will even allow. And we'll talk to someone who got up close and personal with these gigantic mirrors. That's
2: after this.
1: When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey Erica, how much am I spending on travel?
0: When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you
2: like the power to do?
0: Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself. You might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Our tour guide for today is reporter Johanna Mayer. She hosts Science Diction, a podcast from the public radio show Science Friday. Johanna, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, Dylan. I'm happy to be here.
0: I'm really excited to hear about this place. So what exactly are these mirrors for?
1: Okay, so you know about the Hubble telescope, right? Yes, absolutely. What they're making at the mirror lab are the mirrors for a telescope that's going to be fully 10 times more powerful than the Hubble, if you can even imagine. It's called the Giant Magellan Telescope, or the GMT. So if the GMT were placed in Phoenix, Arizona, and they pointed it right at Tucson, which is about 100 miles away, and somebody in Tucson held up a dime you would be able to clearly see the torch on that dime.
0: Okay. This is this is a seriously <laughs> heavy-duty telescope.
1: And the way that this thing looks is super cool, too. So, to me, models of the GMT look kind of like a huge work of modern art. So the telescope is going to be made up of seven gigantic circular mirrors, which is what they're making at the mirror lab. And they're all going to be arranged in sort of a flower shape with one of those giant mirrors at the center and the other six are sort of surrounding it. And it's going to be placed in Chile's Atacama Desert, which has one of the most pristine Views of the sky, very, very little light pollution. So in models of this telescope, it just kind of looks like this huge reflective flower that's like perched on a sandy mountaintop.
0: How big, how big do these mirrors get?
1: They're like the biggest mirrors in the world, Dylan. They are 27 and a half feet. So if you were to kind of stand the mirror up on its side They'd be two stories tall.
0: They're as big as a house. They're as big, There's as, as, a big a as a house.
1: Yeah, they're as big as that, a house.
0: <laughs> That's insane.
1: And the idea behind oh. this is that these seven huge mirrors are going to kind of combine their mirror powers to make right. one extremely giant, extremely powerful mirror for this telescope.
0: I've I have never gone to a, an observatory like that. Like I've never been to one of these mountaintop observatories, but I I find them like deeply and profoundly romantic. So what a, okay so they're going to help us see into space but like what are they what are they looking for what are they going to do
1: <laughs> Well so I realized when I was reporting this I kind of never really knew how mirrors work <laughs> Right I mean obviously I understand like my bathroom mirror but telescope mirrors whole other ball game So I actually called up one of the mirror scientists who works at the lab to understand this a little better this is Buddy Martin. He's a project scientist at the Mirror Polishing Program at the Mirror Lab. And Buddy says these mirrors can actually reflect light from space.
2: In, in order to learn about the universe, learn about the structures and evolution of the universe, we, we have to be able to see or, or record light from extremely distant objects, You know, th- things that are billions of light years away, stars and, and galaxies. And because they're so far away, they're extremely faint. You're not getting very many photons. And you need a very large collecting area to get as many photons as as possible. They're like light buckets to collect. Yeah,
1: exactly. They're like a huge light catcher. Yeah. And they just kind of gather up all of these light particles or photons and reflect them back to give us a super sharp picture of faraway objects in space.
0: Right. And the bigger the mirror, the the bigger the bucket. So this seems, yeah, it's like pretty high-stakes project, right? It's been in the works for decades. It's like extremely exacting, high precision. And they're doing it, they're making it under a football stadium, which uh I, you know, I'm gonna say feels a little uh a little worrisome. I don't know, like. Everyone's stomping up and down. You know, there's an amazing play in and the work gets destroyed. Like, is that actually a problem for them?
1: Yeah, it seems like an odd choice. Uh, but really, the main reason that they put it there is just because there was all of this available space underneath the stadium stands that just wasn't being used for anything else. Got it. So they really only come to the Mirror Lab to work during the week. It's pretty easy to work around the football games. But Buddy says that being underneath the football stadium stands does affect their work in one way.
2: You cannot park anywhere near the Mirror Lab. <laughs> I don't- on the on the day of a football game even many hours before the game but you wouldn't you wouldn't choose to do that kind of thing during a football game
1: <laughs> so mirror scientists they're just like us they also yeah. struggle with parking but one time buddy did come into the lab during a game like just out of curiosity just to see yeah. um whether the instruments could pick up the vibrations from the stands and they could so <laughs> right,
0: I mean they must have really sensitive, sensitive instruments, Definitely. you know, and yeah. so yeah, wow, okay, so right, don't the answer is just like don't work on the giant, super expensive mirror when there's a football game. Okay, exactly. pretty straightforward. Yeah, pretty straightforward. <laughs> don't do it. So okay, they're they're making uh, these giant house size mirrors, uh, ultimately to to create this mirror flower telescope in the Atacama Desert. How do they accomplish this?
1: Oof, it is a process. It takes four years to complete one of these mirrors. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So step one is that you just have to order a ton of glass, literal tons of glass, like 20 tons. And then they cut it all up and they lay it out on the bed of this furnace. And it just looks like this huge bowl full of diamonds just sitting in the middle of the lab.
0: This is a big, I'm realizing just how big this furnace must really be, like, holy moly, okay.
1: Oh, it's huge. So have you ever been to like Six Flags or a carnival or something like that? Absolutely. (laughs) So have you been on those rides that they look kind of like a UFO saucer or something? And you get in them, you stand against the wall, it spins, the floor drops out, and then you're like stuck on the wall like a bug.
0: The Gravitron. Yeah. I love that ride. I absolutely love that.
1: (laughs) I I hate that ride. (laughs) (laughs) But that is what this furnace looks like. It is that okay. size, it spins. Wow. And once the glass is inside the furnace, they crank it up to these crazy high temperatures, like super hot.
2: Yeah, it's very hot. It, you know, Inside the furnace, it's um, what, almost 1,200 degrees C or 2,100 mm-hmm. Fahrenheit. Um, outside, <laughs> outside, it'll be in the 80s, maybe get up to 90, right near the... The high point in temperature.
1: And it starts to spin. And at its peak, it spins at five revolutions per minute. So it's not going super fast, but for something of that size, that's like a lot of noise, a lot of heat. 20
0: tons of molten glass. That's still pretty fast. Oh my (laughs) God.
1: That's crazy. This is what this thing sounds like when it's moving at full speed.
0: Man. Okay. So this is the sound. This is like the overwhelming noise you hear. You've opened the door underneath the football stadium. You are blasted with heat and that sound at maximum (laughs) volume. This is not actually, for for what I imagine is like a job that takes like a lot of credentials and tons of, of work to, like pretty intense working environment. Like that's a heavy duty, that's a heavy duty sound. Okay. Amazing.
1: Yeah, Buddy says it's kind of impossible to have a conversation when the furnace is going because it's just too loud. But that spinning motion is really important because it causes the glass, as it melts, to like climb up the sides of the Gravitron machine a little bit and give it that parabolic surface. And once it's finished spinning, it has to cool down really slowly over a period of about three months so the glass doesn't crack while setting. Okay, And then... They have to polish it. And i pictured, like, little Orphan Annie hard knock lifestyle scrubbing the mirrors on their hands and knees. Yeah,
0: like, I'm picture people, like, suspended in harnesses, like, over it, like, rubbing it with, I don't know, very, like, special cloths or something. No,
1: it's all automated, but they do go through up to about 100 rounds of polishing, which can take up to two years.
0: So this whole process happens for just one of these seven mirrors. So they have to Mm -hmm. do this over
1: and and over again? Six more times. So they can technically work on three mirrors at once, just in various stages. But yeah, they only have the one furnace. So they're on mirror number six right now. And production on mirror number seven is expected to begin in 2023. So we've still got a while. And in the late... 2020s. They're going to move the mirrors to Chile, and that's when the Giant Magellan Telescope is scheduled to launch.
0: Where do they store the completed mirrors? And then, how in the world are <laughs> they ever going to get them across? Like, how are they going to move these things? I don't understand <laughs> how they're going to get them there without b- break, break breaking them. I know. Them, I know.
1: Imagine you just crack it. There's like not enough super glue oh, in the world. Oh my god, it's so stressful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. I feel you. So the mirrors that are already completed are in a storage facility. And when they're all finished, they're going to go on a long journey involving a flatbed trailer, a ship down to Chile, and another flatbed trailer that'll take them all the way up to the top of this mountain for the observatory. And I would be so nervous this entire time, but Buddy seemed pretty chill about it. He said he's been working at the mirror lab for 35 years and never had a big mirror crack on him. So I guess they're pretty good hands. I, can't move
0: furniture around in my house without breaking (laughs) something. So this feels, like, way too high stakes for me. But this is amazing. Okay, so but he's been working on this for at least a decade or or more.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And and it won't be done until, like, close to 2030. Like, how – it's got to be weird to be, like – basically dedicating your life to this one project that's like gonna, you know, your life will like play out over the period of working on this. How's he feel about that?
1: I know. Buddy's been working on these mirrors through the 2020 election, through a pandemic. And I asked him, what is it like to work on something that could take decades to come to fruition?
2: I I guess I have tunnel vision. You know, I I try, (laughs) I guess I try to not think about that. And uh, think about what think about what it is going to do, and and it's you know it's going to do some phenomenal science that you can't do with existing telescopes. I might not see it in my lifetime, but I think my kids probably will, and I'm even more confident that my grandchildren will. <laughs> wow!
1: So something that really stuck with me that I keep thinking about when I was researching this piece was. I watched this video with all these people who worked in the mirror lab, and this one guy made this comparison. He said that making the mirrors for these telescopes is kind of like the modern day equivalent to cathedral building, which, you know, took like hundreds of years sometimes. So the whole idea was, you know, you're making something that you might not see the fruits of, but. You're looking to the future and just kind of dreaming of what subsequent generations are going to see and learn from your work.
0: I bet it feels good to be working on something that when it's done could have implications, scientific implications for literally for like generations. That's a really exciting thing to be working on.
1: Certainly an exercise in delayed gratification.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Do they ever let people in?
1: Typically they do. They're not giving tours right now because of COVID, but they're hoping to resume as soon as possible.
0: Well, thank you so much, Johanna, for taking us through the Mirror Lab, being our Mirror Correspondent, and (laughs) really, really cool place.
1: I think I'm going to change my official title to Mirror Correspondent. (laughs) Thank you, Dylan. Thank you. I'll (laughs)
0: talk to you soon. Special thanks to the University of Arizona's Richard F. Karras Mirror Laboratory for the audio of The Spinning Furnace. We'd also like to thank Free Sound Archive contributors Dave Incamis, Gregor Quendel, and L.S., whose recordings we used in this episode. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was reported by
1: Johanna Mayer.
0: Our production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris
2: Naka,
1: Camille Stanley,
2: Willis Ryder-Arnold.
1: Sarah Wyman Manolo
2: Morales Chinenya Onike Maddie Weinberg Camille Mojica Tracy Samuelson John Delore
0: Peter Clowney Our technical director is Casey Holford This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. And I'm Dylan Therese Wishing you all the wonder in the world I'll see you next time Witness Docs